Honorado and company on the road. And I don't I don't know that that's trademarked. I felt like we were doing this show away from home enough that I could say show on the road. There are other properties that use that terminology, but we're on the road. I'm at Saratoga National and my goodness, other than being poolside, oceanside, lakeside, there's no better place to be outside yeah. of the capital region when the weather's good like this. It's Chris Honorado. It's Ashley Miller. Hi, Ash. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I, you look somewhere much nicer than me. I said you look like you're at a beach resort somewhere. Yeah, and Blue I said that umbrellas. is a high compliment to Saratoga National. You can make <clears throat> Saratoga, the outskirts of it, look like you're at a beach resort. That's pretty darn good. Yep. I'll move around probably a little bit, so I'm not in the direct sunlight the entire show. Yeah, otherwise but you'll end up like a lobster. We've got some cool stuff to get to on the show. Ash is wearing a T-shirt from an event Wednesday night called Cat 13 uh, Monster Volleyball Fundraiser Tournament. It was Ash's first experience. I can't wait to really get her like true assessment of it, having witnessed it now. Uh, we will bring back some of the interviews we did with Michael Orr and Harrison Butker and Therese Cannon, the three-star athletes who were at that event um, and I'll explain why I'm at Saratoga National. But we've got a lot to get into on the show. So let's just start going. And we're going to jump off with the NBA draft and where we think Andre Jackson Jr. might go and maybe what is the best fit. It's Honorado and Company. is Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. And live at Saratoga National. Why am I at Saratoga National? Because Michael Orr, who everybody knows his story from the book and the movie The Blind Side, is in town this week hanging out with our crew, Novice. Um, and they did a little leadership breakfast for him this morning where he got to meet influential people in the community, um, people who are directly involved with affecting change in the 518. He shared his message. They got to interact with him. It was a very cool thing. And, and so many people came up to me afterwards and said, I cannot thank you enough for thinking of me and having novice invite me and, and all that. And, and so it was, uh, it was a good breakfast for sure. Uh, and we're going to bring back some of the interview we did yesterday with Michael Orr live at that Cat 13 volleyball tournament. Um, Ash, let's get into it, though, here, because we have the NBA draft. And as we do the show, as we always do live on a Thursday, the first and second rounds, which are there are only two, yep. um, will go Thursday night. So if you're watching us over the weekend on TV, thanks for finding us there. Try to check us out on social media as we do the show live, and uh, and some of it will make a little more sense to you probably. So the latest mock draft, Ash, you saw was an ESPN mock draft, and I'm going to guess it was Jonathan Gavoni probably who did the draft uh, mock here, and he's got Andre Jackson Jr. going to the Nuggets at 37. This is low for me. Yeah. After the guy was such a catalyst yeah. to a national championship for UConn, there's no way he went to the uh, NBA draft combine and disappointed. Some teams might have looked at his shot and said, I don't know how I get you to shoot over 32% from downtown, but you can. You mm -hmm. can. We've talked to people who are like, he was a really good shooter in high school. Something changed. You can get him up to the, the mid-30s, I think, and then he becomes a totally different player. 37 is low for me. I don't think there's any way he's still on the board at 37, Ash. 
Yeah, I don't think so either, but so much of it depends on, like, you know how the dominoes fall. It, who somebody takes at number two decides who somebody takes at number 13. Uh, I agree. I think he'll go higher, um, and I think someone will get a steal with him at 37 if that's indeed where he falls to. But these things are so hard to predict. And for me, and I know this is how the NBA works, but for me, I don't need Andre Jackson to shoot threes. I need Andre Jackson to do everything else that he does because there aren't players who are like him, who play defense like him, who rebound like him, who hustle like him. He does everything else. You don't need him to also shoot threes. That's a bonus. That's a bonus because the, the argument will be not everyone in the NBA plays defense. Well, guess what? Andre Jackson plays defense. Um, Andre Jackson does all the little things that a lot of other players aren't going to do. So for me, the, the three-point shot would be an added bonus, and that's something that you can add to your game. Yeah, I mean, look, he, they whatever team drafts him, they will try to get him to shoot the three better because at his size, six right. seven or whatever it is, it, you know, playing a wing, you've got to yep. be able to shoot it somewhat effectively. But to your point here, and you just made the point, which is why I think – it doesn't matter how this draft falls and who gets selected where because every team in the NBA can use Andre Jackson Jr. Now, what you said to me is very true about the NFL draft. Guys get selected a little out of order where you may not think they go. All of a sudden, the draft board changes. But Andre Jackson Jr. has such a unique skill set that it translates to any team. Any team in the NBA could use him tomorrow. So I think it's just going to be about value, best available player on the board, and I think some team in the early 30s and maybe late 20s is going to look at what he can do and fill in some of the gaps from that size and athleticism. He ran the point a lot at UConn in that NCAA tournament. He, uh, you know, he had six assists a game, six rebounds a game. He was close to double digits in points for a number of those games. That national stage, I, I just think teams are going to look at it tonight and say, we're Indiana. We're Sacramento. Um, boy, Denver would be great. Imagine uh-huh. going into that situation. But we can use this guy. We have enough shooting already. Let's let's let him come off the bench and be an impact guy that way with his athleticism and his IQ, uh, which we probably don't talk enough about, about how smart of a basketball player he is. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's funny. Like, Kevin Herter got drafted, what, five years ago now, something like that. Um I might be more excited really to see where Andre ends up than Kevin because we knew Kevin was going to be a top 20 pick. He had kind of been – his agent had kind of been told that. Yeah. Hey, if you get to 18 or 19, we're, we are going to take you. Um, the the unknown with Andre here kind of has me a little more amped up about tonight's draft. Yeah, I think the difference between – and I'm not sure many people are going to argue this – Andre Jackson is more athletic than Kevin Herter. Andre oh, Jackson yeah, of course. is a to- he he has some things that are you just can't compare in terms of just natural God-given ability, uh, the ability to jump through the roof. But it there is so much unknown. I think Jackson's ceiling is higher, but I think the expectations will be lower. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. But no. I wouldn't be surprised if he blows these expectations out of the water. But I think Kevin Herter, there was so much more certainty surrounding his game that people were very comfortable picking him in the, the teens to, to low 20s or early 20s. Andre Jackson Jr. has the ability to be a top 15 guy if he lives up, a top 10 guy if he lives up to 
his own abilities. But again, yep. I think he has the ability to be a, a mid-30s, 40s guy, and that's where the fluctuation in numbers comes a lot of times, I think. And, you know, Draymond Green was a second-round pick. Now, uh-huh. so is Nikola Jokic, but I'm not yep. going there. Draymond Green <laughs> was a second-round pick. And Jackson, in a lot of ways, might remind you of Draymond Green. Can play the point. He's more athletic, more athletic than Draymond. He, he plays above the Much rim more, more than Draymond, but, but Draymond's a really good defender. Yes. Draymond blocks more shots than you probably realize if you don't watch enough Warriors games. He doesn't shoot the three well, and so he doesn't shoot it a lot. Mm-hmm. But as a facilitator and a defender and, and just kind of an athletic guy, Draymond Green is a starter on one of the best teams in the NBA, and he doesn't shoot the three well. Yeah. So, Physically, they don't remind you no, of one another. Draymond's certainly more stout. And yeah. Stats would probably yes. be somewhat similar. Yes. Well-rounded players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roll call here. Team Rogers on YouTube. Well, that was morning. at 930 in the morning, so I'm yeah, not he, sure well, where we were. Early. Early. We like early. <laughs> Carol's watching. Carol's always watching. We appreciate that. Jeff is always on with us. Sam is always on with us. Joy is with us here. And Nick Madalone says, Wembenyama needs to put some weight on and work on that first pitch. Mumbanyama says he's not putting weight on. Yeah, there there hasn't been a hyped prospect hmm. as much as Victor Wembanyama since, yeah, since when? LeBron James. LeBron? Yeah. LeBron. For sure. Um, I think so too, but I'm trying to think back on No. I mean, we we Wembanyama has been the number one pick since before last year's draft. Yeah. Everybody knew you were you were playing and losing for Victor Wembanyama, yeah. and the Spurs will get that that uh, glorious right tonight to select him. I, I I can't wait to watch him. Nick makes the point. Put on some weight. Um, I, is I, he I, more Kevin Durant or is yes. he more Chet Holmgren? Yeah. Right. Like I don't ever remember hearing a yeah. lot about Durant. Like oh boy, I don't know. I'm worried about his durability because mm-hmm. but he, because he doesn't have the thickness to him. But that was a, a real concern with, with Chet Holmgren but even before last year's draft, and it, and it certainly played yeah. out that way. They're all, I think they're a little different. Um, he feels a little more Durant to me from a perspective of he has already all of the tools in the world to be an NBA player, but I don't believe has the injury history and feels like he's in just – feels like he has better control of his body. He doesn't look awkward and gawky out there. Yeah. Chet Holmgren did all the time. Um, so you kind of, you felt like he, Holmgren needed to grow into his body. Wembenyama feels like he's comfortable in his own skin and and utilizes his size to do what he can do on the court. I, so I don't think they're the same. I think he's more Durant-esque in that I don't think you're going to see him put on weight. There are some people in this world who just physically can't put on weight. And I think it would, be, it would be very hard for Victor Wembanyam to put on significant weight, to change his body that much. And I don't think you want him to because then you create injuries and then you also create changes yep. in the in the game. He's used to playing how he is. Just leave him. I will say I'm very excited to watch the Thunder next year with Shea and Giddy and Holmgren the first time we'll see him in an NBA game. I'm, I'm, I'm and excited. And they've still got picks for days. Correct. Um, you threw this in here and I love that. I am pleasantly surprised that Jalen Pickett is not just on somebody's draft board in a mock draft, but that he is comfortably 
into the second round here. I mean, he's 18 picks ahead of, of what would be the last pick in the NBA draft tonight. So uh, they know a heck of a lot more than I do. Jalen Pickett's going to get drafted tonight. And listen, he tested the waters when he was at Siena. Yeah. Uh, After his freshman decided, year. What's that? After his freshman year. Yeah. And decided that it wasn't right then. Um, and then went on to Penn State to play his final year of eligibility. And now is to the point where he has turned heads on the national stage. And he was turning heads on the national stage at Siena. There were people talking about yes. him as a potential NBA future NBA, and whether he was picked or not, a future NBA player. He has the oldest school game that you've ever seen. Like, he looks like old man basketball out there playing the way he dribbles, but he's super effective. He's very crafty. His yeah. IQ. Who does he remind you of? He's a facilitator. What'd you say? Who does he remind you of? Old man game, facilitator, gets to his spot, can make the mid-range jumper, doesn't shoot, doesn't shoot the three as well as the guy I'm thinking of. And you would say he doesn't even have the same handle, okay? And I'm not going to use the phrase, I hate I when people say he's a poor man's this, but he reminds me of James Harden. Back to the basket. Yeah. Harden barely, barely leaves the floor when he jumps. Yeah, Harden shoot, Harden shoot. The thing for me is Harden just shoots so many threes that I just feel like I can't. The comps are Harden plays okay, and here's another guy who plays this way, and, and it's a new way in the NBA. Yeah, Luka Doncic. These guys yeah. play with the defender on their yep. hip. We grew up watching basketball where it was get away from your defender as much as quickly as you can and get to the basket or get to an open shot. These guys like to be challenged when they mm -hmm. take a shot because they might get fouled, and they like the physical contact mm -hmm. of a player as they work their way to the rim. At least they know where the they lane. are. Cool. And I think it, I think they love that. Get him on your backside if you can. It's at least on the hip. Create yep. the advantage. And that's the way Pickett plays. It it fits today's NBA game as much as it, uh, people talk about you have to shoot and make the three. That style really yeah. fits now. I still think his size could be a problem because if you get a yeah. big enough defender, you're you're going to have trouble. But that was yep. the argument when he made the jump from Siena to, to Penn State was, will he be able to do it? And he did it and then some. And he shined on the NCAA tournament stage with Penn State in the NCAA tournament. Um, so uh, he can be effective. It will be so interesting to see because we're so used to seeing his game. But, yes, he's the like the high dribble, leave that guy in your hip, and then just slip. He yeah. slips, and it's like a little bunny yeah. shot, or he goes to the bucket, and it's some sort of reverse. Like He just he finds a way to create space for himself. Super talented, but unlike any other player in college basketball to me. Yeah. Uh, we still have more NBA to do here because the draft machine is cranked up, and mm -hmm. I love it. I mean, stars are on the move ahead of the draft. It, it, it The NBA has become the NFL where there's almost no offseason now. Right. I absolutely love it. We've got our performance industrial dirty difficult duns to get to. We have big local baseball news, which has been a really fun story to watch now for the last week, and our Marcella's MVP of the month to come, and it's it's a fun one. We're going to do it all here on Honorado and Company. We're back in 30 seconds. Don't go anywhere. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. 
Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpenhouse. Shout out to the great people at Alpenhouse on News Channel 13 today. On Thursday morning, you would have seen our reporter, Caitlin Erla, out with Mark O'Dell from Alpenhouse out on the Great Sock and Dog. Do you, do you have to put the in front of it? The, yeah. the Great Sock and Dog? It can't, it's yeah. not just on a boat on Great Sock and Dog Lake? No. Because you'd say on Lake George, you wouldn't say on the Lake George. Right, but different. there are two different lakes. There's Sock and Dog Lake yeah. and the Great Sock and Dog Lake. And I still don't know the difference. Me these neither. Are, but these are they two are completely different. different bodies of water. Correct. Wow. Okay, I should know those things. Anyway, they were on the Great Sakandaga Lake uh, this morning. It looked absolutely beautiful. So shout mm-hmm. out to our people at Alpenhouse and uh, the great service they do with boats and RVs and any kind of really watercraft you could possibly need. Even if it's just a raft or a float that goes in your pool, they've got it in Amsterdam. Uh, I am uh, at Saratoga National coming off the uh, heels of a leadership breakfast with Michael Orr. Really cool event that our our team over at Novice and supporters of this podcast put together for him. Got to share his story, which I know so many people know from Hollywood, and and that's great. Um, But this was a more intimate setting, and then you get it right from Michael's mouth, which was cool. Ash is wearing a T-shirt from Cat 13 which is a volleyball fundraiser that the novice squad puts on. Uh, the Rockman says he wishes he could play some volleyball. Go ahead, Rockman. Yeah. Next year, fire up a team. Yeah, good volleyball over at UAlbany. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the Rockman's thoughts on uh, the Marcus Smart trade, which came down what late Wednesday night. Yep. Um, didn't see that. Didn't see this one coming. No. We'll get to it in a little bit. I want to play you a little bit of our interviews, though, that we had with Michael Orr, Harrison Butker, and Therese Cannon, Super Bowl champions. Therese is a beach volleyball player for Team USA and uh, tracking towards Paris next summer. That is her goal to be an Olympian, and she's got a legit shot at doing that. This is from Wednesday night at Cat 13. Michael Orr, who was one heck of an offensive tackle, Super Bowl champ. Pro Bowler, of course, you know his story well from the movie theaters. He's going to play a little volleyball here tonight, and he joins us now. Michael, man, it's good to see you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be out here. So I'm excited uh, to play some volleyball, see if I can still move a little bit. But uh, it's for a great cause, so if I uh, break an ankle, you know, it will be for, for the good. We don't need that. We definitely don't need that. Michael's got a foundation he is launching. There's a book coming in August. What's the purpose behind the foundation, Michael? Well, the foundation is uh, to helping other kids like me. Uh, what we're doing is su- supplying uh, kids with community education and mentorship, something that I needed for far too long in my early life. So once I got all three of those, you know, everything else started to change for me. So we're uh, paying full tuition to kids to go through, to high school, to private schools, the schools that we're partnering with uh, and uh, just paying their way through school while placing a mentor staff uh, in the school for those kids so and uh, I think uh, it made a different difference in my life and it will so many others a guy from Tennessee how do you get connected with novice up in Albany New York I know they're branding some of your gear uh, for the foundation and the book again comes August 8th uh, what is this partnership in for for you what does it mean 
I think it's great. I think we're aligned so well together because, you know, claim your crown, you know, own your story, claim your story. And we all have stories and, you know, everyone knows mine. So, you know, whatever you do in life, you claim it and you have to own that. And, you know, that's what made it so special. And they're not just going out here, just, uh, you know, adding, you know, just anyone to your to, to their roster. Uh, it, it's coming with a purpose, and, you know, that's why it's so special. Good to see you, man. I, I would not want to be on the other side of the net with Michael Orr staring down a spike. And Harrison Butker, the kicker from the Kansas City Chiefs, who is part of this great novice company. And, uh, Harrison, it's great to see you, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Back in Albany again, and uh, you are here again to support a really good cause. Why the cat? What have you heard about this volleyball tournament where you said, I'm invited, I'm going? I got to be here. It's the 13th <laughs> annual cat, and I'm so excited to be here. It started with Garrett and Nick just in their backyard, and they are such giving people. I wanted to be able to be here and support them. Can't wait to see the volleyball skills. I know Therese is going to be here, and I'm just pumped up to, to feel the energy, and hopefully we raise even more than the 25000 I think we might have a shot at that. Uh, what does it say in an NFL kicker's contract about playing volleyball in a parking lot? If I can't ski, I probably can't <laughs> play volleyball in a parking lot. It's going to be a no-go. Yeah, that's for sure. Talk to us, Harrison, about this partnership you have with Novice, why you're connected to the Bernardos, Scott Klimchak as well. Uh, what drew you to this company, and, and why does it make this partnership now multi-year successful for you guys? Well, we met in 2019, right after the 2018 season, through a, a good friend of mine, and they came over to Kansas City and showed me their capabilities. And what really got me is, number one, their mission of claiming your crown, which I love. We are definitely mission aligned, but the fact that they can customize so much of their apparel and it's just very different, it's unique, it's exactly what you want. And I love the material. I'm obviously always working out, so I, I need stuff that's lightweight and is catered to me. They do an amazing job. And now that's kind of transitioned from uh, a friendship to a business relationship. And now we are our partners in this great novice company. Connected uh, not only through fashion, Harrison's wearing one of the new uh, zips here, but through faith as well, which I know is so important to you and uh, and the Bernardos as well. Therese Cannon is a Team USA beach volleyball player. She's a two-time national champion from USC, and we've got a really cool opportunity with Therese here tonight, but we're happy to be talking with her right now. Therese, it's good to see you. Uh, why is this partnership with Novice right for you, a high-level elite athlete? I love what they do. Amazing company, you know, they make really high level apparel, so it's great to be able to represent that. And I love that they're from New York. You know, I grew up in New York, and so that hometown connection is really special and like just good people all around. Are you disgusted at the display of volleyball here so far tonight? No, honestly, really high level volleyball. It looks great. It's a beautiful night for it, so it's been really fun. Tell us where you are currently on your path to Paris, we hope, next summer. I know you're, you're shooting to be an Olympian. How awesome that would be. You're already a member of Team USA. Um, where are you on that path right now? Yeah, we're in the middle of qualifying, so we got a year and a half to play in a series of tournaments and see if we can get there. And the competition's tough, but we just came off a really good result, and we're hoping to build on that and see everyone in Paris. This is an American Cancer Society fundraiser, and here's the cool thing. Come walk with me, guys. So. As part of tonight's event, you can call in the Cannon, a $25 donation to the American Cancer Society, and Therese Cannon will serve for your team, and she'll school you a little like this. Go ahead. Just the imaginary player, best fitness. 
There you go, an, an ace. An ace from Therese Cannon. Can't do it any better than that. There you go, that was cool. Cool experience last night. A lot of good people around uh, to share um, a special night, $30,000 raised for the American Cancer Society by the Novice Squad. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, you, may, you may have to move inside. It's getting a little windy there. Okay, I'll do that then. Maybe after the um, break, you might be okay. Okay, all right, why don't we take a break? Um, if it is still windy, then uh, I'll step inside. We'll take a quick break here on Honorado and Company. Uh, when we come back, let's dive into the performance industrial dirty, difficult duns, as that will continue our NBA discussion here and some of the blockbuster moves that have already taken place. Back right after this on Owen Cup. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. Looking for a fun and relaxing way to spend time on the water? Look no further than the luxury of a pontoon boat. With their spacious and comfortable design, pontoons from Barletta, Sun Chaser, and Sun Tracker offer plenty of room for family and friends to enjoy a day in the sun. Whether you're looking to ski and tube, swim, or simply relax, pontoon boats provide the perfect platform for all of your aquatic adventures. So why wait? Stop by Elpenhouse Boats today or shop online anytime at elpenhouseboats.com. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. Okay, back live now, Saratoga National, and I've moved inside. Ash will tell me if that's a better sound for everybody. Um, we don't hear the wind blowing through your uh, yeah, AirPods good. there. Well, it's uh, it's nice out there, but it no, is a I little know. breezy. It was a beautiful shot. Yeah, it is a little breezy. Um, all right, uh, you know what? Let's do this, Ash, because people are talking about it right now in our chat, and I want to share comments. some of I know. the comments. So you know where we're going here. Let's just dive into it. It's time for the Marcellus Appliance Center MVP of the month. Shout out to Johnny Marcella, Nick Madelon, the entire staff over at uh, Marcellus Appliance Center. Those locations in Schenectady and Clifton Park and the Marcellus Appliance MVP of the month, Ash, is the National Arena League. Explain. Yeah. Uh, listen, this is my MVP of the month because it has just ended it all for those of us who have been suffering through the I last see. six weeks to eight weeks of madness that has been the Albany Empire. And, and I say this in the most loving way because I do feel bad for fans. I feel bad for businesses that are losing out because the Empire canceled the rest of their season, all seven games to end it, three home games. I don't love any of that. Yeah. But I am grateful that they have put some finality to this thing and that maybe after this week we'll stop talking about it. Maybe. And, right, we look, we were on the air live last week thursday right. morning when did the news break like one in the afternoon right or something after. like that right after. um and so this would 
technically be on this show our first opportunity to react to what happened. To me, it's such old news at this point. Yeah. Um, I was I was shocked. Uh, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. I really just thought that the thing might self-destruct on its own. I did not see the owners kicking the Empire out of the league. That one floored me. And I'll just say that, Ash. If you want to expand on it some more, go for it. But we've got some comments coming into the show here um, as well. And, and one that I can't share because it's a little explicit was yeah. pretty much, you know what? We're good. Gone. Let's move on. Go support the teams that are here, and, and one of those teams is is the National Lacrosse League and the uh, the Albany Firewolves. So I would second that. Yes, and I agree. Teams that we have here, go ahead and support those for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And and listen, there were. I was going to say maybe the owners just got sick of Antonio Brown stealing all their airtime and thinking, well, he's getting a lot of pub, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. But when you don't pay twenty one thousand dollars in dues. Yeah. There's a little more reason to kick you out than that. And and my guess is he what he wasn't going to pay it. It was just going to continue happening. So this is what you use to kick him out officially, but my guess is they wanted him out for a while. Yeah, and what only a couple of days before they kicked him out, he made some unsavory comments about the league and the other right, owners and you know, I think it was kind of like, okay, this guy is a disaster in his own little cocoon of all but now now he's taking shots outside of that. We've right. gone you know, right. the, the leash is, is short for sure. So what happens now with the Albany Empire? Good question. Um, What's next? I'm sure there will be football. Yes. Bob Belber, who's the GM of MVP Arena. Um, and again, I go just MVP Arena. I don't see the MVP Arena. Um, yes. Has said there will be football. He's had, already had feelers out from other teams or startups or whatever it is they may be established they already they may not be i don't know um but my guess is you're going to see indoor football in downtown albany in 2024 yeah i i agree either listen either antonio brown will end up selling this thing um and probably take a huge loss on it or that team will go somewhere else to some other disaster and they bring a new team in from a situ there are plenty of teams who probably have a situation that they're not super happy with or aren't yes. drawing fans and can literally just plug and play into Albany and take this fan base, a fan base that loves arena football and wants arena football and uh, see what they can make, make do with it. Yeah. Um, the goal would, should be, the goal should be to get back into the AFL. And I think that was kind of Antonio Brown's mm -hmm. goal as well was I don't plan on playing at this level as an owner for too much longer. I want to get into the AFL. Right. Um, name change, league change. Uh, how much? How much of a change are we going to see here? I mean, it depends on what happens with Antonio Brown's empire. You know what I mean? Like it, a, a lot of that will depend on if he takes that team somewhere else. And, and my guess is they'd change the name if he took it somewhere else, so you yes. could have the name back. But if he takes that team somewhere else, he's got the name until it's not his anymore. So they would have to sell the team and keep that team here to guarantee that it's that it remains the Empire. Otherwise, you think about changing it. Yeah. All right. I thought from the beginning that they should have named the team the Firebirds. I thought that they should have just rolled it back out, that it was the best way to do it. I'm kind of glad they didn't because the product wasn't what the Firebirds product was, with the exception of one you know, one year, because then you lose the AFL and it just doesn't feel the same. But 
a lot of good memories about the Firebirds, and uh, I think Joy said it. Love the Firebirds used to have season passes. I didn't have season passes, but all a lot of my friends did, and it was the best thing to do on weekends. We would like pray that they couldn't use their tickets so that we could use them. <laughs> it was awesome. So a week before the uh, the month really wraps here, we've we've already called it. This is not a political yeah, race. This was an too easy early one to call. Me. This was a landslide, and uh, the Marcellus Appliance MVP of the month is the National Arena League, as Ashley said, for putting her out of some of her misery. Exactly. Performance Industrial, Dirty Difficult, done next here. We're back in 30 seconds. Don't go anywhere. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. Six carbs and 95 calories. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpen House. All right, Ash, this is one of our fun segments we get to do every single week, courtesy of Performance Industrial, and it is attaching something in the sports world that is dirty, difficult. We're done. And now, dirty, difficult, and done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. And I've gotten my fill of Bill Miller. Um, I saw him Wednesday night at Cat 13. As did I. I, saw I had dinner him with him. Th- that's, yeah, that's, I like that. I saw him Thursday morning. At the breakfast at Saratoga National with Michael Orr. And Bill is such a great supporter of so many good causes in the area that uh, he has, for some reason, attached his name to this show as well. And we thank him for that. So, Dirty Difficult Done, Ash. You know how this goes. You're always up first. Oh, okay. Well, yours is better, so I was hoping you would go first. But that's okay. I'll take it. I'll take you're it. More, you're a little more timely. I say we do let, it. Let's go for it A little more timely. Brad Stevens is clearly done messing around here. He has tried it with Tatum, Brown, Smart, Williams. They added, they sprinkled in a little Malcolm Brogdon to see if that would change things. It didn't change things enough. And the conversation, which I, this is very interesting to me here, because it suggests that he is not going to break up the nucleus of Tatum and Brown. And that was the conversation was, can you win with these two guys as being your A1 and A2 guys? And are you going to give Jalen Brown a max contract? That guy's getting a max deal. He's going to get a lot of money. I don't know if he's going to get all the way to $295 million, but he's going to get a lot of money. The reason the Celtics are all in here and Stevens is done messing around is because he pulled the trigger on a trade that sends Marcus Smart out of Boston and brings Kristaps Porzingis in. So you're 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 playing the ceiling game here. You're yes. saying, I understand Marcus Smart is a key component to our defensive success, but we might need a little more in the way of dynamic offense. Porzingis brings that. He can shoot it from the outside. He's obviously incredibly skilled around the rim. He has that seven foot plus frame 
that gives you a little bit of a rim-protecting presence. He's not this great defender, but because of his height and his length, he adds that if Robert Williams is in foul trouble or injured or whatever it might be. Stevens is betting on the potential here. And honestly, the way it's gone for Boston the last few years, I'm okay with that. And I know you're going to say to me, hey, hey, they were just in the NBA Finals last uh-huh. year. They were, they can't get back. I'm not saying they can't get back, but I don't know that you're going to beat a team out west right. as deep as Denver. So go out there or and the take your shot. This point. It's a big move, and I, I, I like it. it it's, it, yeah. The NBA offseason every now and then becomes an arms race, and it has. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned Phoenix; they're all in. Yep. Um, so Boston you have to be all in. All and in. what do we always say? If you think you can do something to take your team to the next level, then go do it. Don't sit around and wait for somebody else to make a move, even if it doesn't work out. Brooklyn went all in on their stupid experiment, and it didn't work out. I know. At least they tried. This is a much smarter move because I just don't think it's – listen, this is the most important thing to me. The the Porzingis thing is great. They just got two first-round picks. They got Kristaps Porzingis and two first-round picks, one tonight. Thursday night. They didn't have a first round pick tonight until they made this trade and then one again next year. So not only do they get one of the better players who we call, we tended to call him the unicorn. He was like the first unicorn and he's not the same player he was, but you get two first round picks. To me, the Celtics win this trade in their sleep without like, and, and I wouldn't have said like trading Marcus Smart's not a good idea. I get it. But they still win the trade running away for what they got and what they had to give up. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. All right, Ash, you're up. You're Triple D. All right, my Triple D, I love – listen, baseball is my jam. Um, but what Luis Arise is doing in baseball is as dirty as we've seen since technically the year 2000 when Nomar Garciaparra was hitting 400 later in the season. But it's as dirty as we've seen – in like the World Series era, because we're talking, the game has changed so much over time. What Luis Arise is doing is unlike what Nomar Garciaparra did because the game has changed so much since then. People are not hitting for average anymore. The fact that he's technically hitting 398 as of Thursday morning, so he's fallen a little bit below, but he's got three five-hit games in the month of June. I said this to you the other day. I would be surprised if many players had three five-hit games in an entire season at times. I don't – like, because when you see a five-hit game, you're automatically like, whoa. He's done it three times this month. It's unbelievable. And I threw up – so here's the name of some of the guys. Yeah, I love these. That have done this stuff here. Hang on. Let me find it. As I I got so much going on here. There we go. I got you. Go ahead. So Garcia Parra, so the, the parentheses are the number of games into the season that they were hitting 400. Um, I believe arises at 73. So he's Three, yeah. still yep. a good number away from these, but has the chance to go up and down a little bit. So Garcia Parra, 91 games in 2000. Larry Walker in 97. John Olerud in 93. And George Brett way back in 80. I mean, he's got a long way to go before he's catching any of those guys. But what? So I'm. You did the research on this one. I'm surprised Tony Gwynn in '94 is not on this list. He wasn't. This was a Yahoo Sports article that I yeah. pulled this from. Credit to Yahoo. Um, 
I wonder if it's only considering full seasons. 94, of course, was the strike shortened year. Maybe. Uh, strike Maybe. was like August 4th or something like that. He was hitting 394 when baseball went on strike. I'm just surprised that, I mean, that's, that's August 4th or 5th or whatever that date ended up being. He's yeah. three nine four. I would be surprised if he wasn't deeper into the season than Walker and, and Olerud. But look at that Brett number, 1980. Crazy. Ooh. I mean, 100 games in, you're hitting like 134 games in. That's wild. And now again, wild nobody's guy. done this since Ted Williams pre-U.S. involvement right. in World War II. Right? I think it was 1941 before we. And I, I, mean, I don't think crazy. I don't think he'll hit above. Like th- <clears throat> it would be a monumental achievement to hit above 400 for an entire season. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll do that. But when you look at, so he's currently at 398. Do you know who's in second in batting average in in the league? In the National League, or just in baseball? I mean, in I general? think ov- I think overall, but. Oh. It is the NL. He, this person plays in the NL. So, uh, well, Acuna's been slumping. I don't. Is it yep, him? He is. Yep. It's it's Acuna, and Acuna's hitting. He's been slumping. I think he might be under. He's is he under three thirty now? Three twenty seven. Yeah. But yeah. the gap between those two, I mean, I it's seventy percentage points that you're talking about between one and two. Yep. That's a it's a lot of percentage points. It's going to take him a lot to come back down to earth. Oh my gosh! I mean, he if he doesn't win the batting title in the National League at this right. point, which is something crazy has because all you have horribly to do wrong. go over over ten, and you're you're coming back down pretty quick. Let me just make one point on this too. Yeah. How about Miami? How about the Marlins? Unbelievable. I mean, they they they've, they've been trending towards having the pitching needed to compete, but how Luis Arise gets away from Minnesota. Uh, great move by by Miami, and and they've got a nice thing going down there. They're second place right now in the NL East, which, yeah. oh, by the way, has two of the highest payrolls in baseball sitting behind them in Philadelphia and New York. Right. Yeah, it's, special. it's funny because you, you get a team like the Marlins in the NL East and then a team like the Orioles in the AL East, and you've got these teams that are sneakily – much better than I think people sneak. Is that a word? I'm not even sure. I don't know. Sneakily, like much better than people anticipated them being, and are are real players. You know, 75 games into the season here. Yeah. Um, one thing while we're on it here, just dovetailing off the Celtics. Do you like the Bradley Beal trade for Phoenix? Eh, I mean, yeah, it gives them more. Listen, Bradley Beal is better right now than Chris Paul. He's younger. He's got more abilities, more athletic. So yes, I do like it from that perspective. It makes them better. I'm not sure it makes them good enough, but again, they went and got a guy that they thought would make them better. Their payroll is absurd. What they were going to be paying four guys next year. Um, They'll trade Aiden though. I think I'm on, I'm in the camp of everybody else at this point. DeAndre Aiden gets traded. They'll get some other pieces that kind of fit what they okay. need to do. Well, I mean, listen, DeAndre Ayton will never touch the ball with those three guys. Like, And he won't be happy and it'll just yeah. be a mess. And and it's it's a shame because Ayton and Monty Williams just did not get along. I don't know how you don't get along with Monty Williams, but they, I, they I did either. not get along. And Matt Ishbia, the owner, decides to fire Monty Williams. And I think that was more about him making his mark on this franchise. But ultimately, 
you got a great guy and coach like Monty Williams who's no longer around, and I think the guy he didn't get along with or vice versa will be gone as well. And it may have all kind of worked out for Monty and Phoenix yeah. if not for this. And and so they'll both be, in my opinion, out of town when Aiden gets moved. Maybe maybe first round of the draft. Maybe. Maybe we have some yeah. fireworks today. That'd be cool. Uh, I'm with you on the Beal thing. I, they they are incredibly dynamic offensively, obviously. Uh, I need to send this as so. I need to see Durant do it when he doesn't have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond yeah. Green and Steve Kerr. I I'm it. sorry. Like, he chose Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And he chose James Harden. And the thing yep. blew up in Brooklyn. So. Yep. I, I need to see him do something special when he isn't yeah. wearing a Golden State Warriors uniform. Yeah. That's it. Go ahead. Sorry, the Middleton it. stuff. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to see what you thought about this. <laughs> and listen, this doesn't mean he's leaving Milwaukee. No. Um, but he could. Just going to get a longer contract. That's all. Yeah, he could, though. Like, think about people have talked about, like, connecting him to the Kings. A guy like Chris Middleton going to play for the Kings and what he could add. He could. My guess is it's just a play to get more money, like you said. But this opens doors. Yeah, I think he does stay, but you're right. Um, new coach in Milwaukee, too. Maybe the feeling right. is we're just going to reset this thing. We we have Giannis. We're only worried about keeping Giannis. We can build everything else around him. And Drew Holiday, very valuable player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe they feel like we can find shooting like Middleton. Let him sign somewhere else where he's going to get paid. A ton right. of money. Well, I don't know. Sacramento to spend on Chris Middleton. That'd be interesting. Yeah, maybe not. That would mean Harrison Barnes doesn't come back. Right. Um, yeah. The NBA is cooking right now. I absolutely love it. it I, you know me. I'm, I'm such a big hoops fan. I, I love that uh, we're talking about it here on, on draft day, if you will. Um, but that there are fireworks in the, the trade market for sure. All right. Another time out here when we come back. How about this for a first impression? I mean, the guy couldn't get the call to the major leagues. Basically, he probably felt like to save my life. He probably right. thought, I'm never going to get called up. I enjoy, I enjoy playing baseball. So I'm going to play it for as long as I can, even if I'm just in the minor leagues my entire career. Well, that isn't the case. And he couldn't have been off to a better start. We're talking about Zach Remillard, of course, the LaSalle Institute grad. And we'll get into what he has done and why it's so special next on Honorado and Company. You've heard of Unsung Heroes. The men and women of Nyscoba are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. Nyscoba honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. Life is about making memories. It's about sharing special moments with those we love and cherishing those moments forever. And what better way to create those memories than by spending time together in a space that is as beautiful and as special as the memories we create. Visit Alpenhouse on Route 30 in Amsterdam and Clifton Park Center and let us handle the heavy lifting. Take advantage of free local delivery and we'll haul away your old grill or patio furniture. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. 
And I'm at Saratoga National, where I should say, Ash, the staff here has been terrific. I mean, I'm I'm the weirdo who's sitting at the bar, not yep. eating anything, not drinking anything. And are they even open yet? Well, the, the lunch crowd will come through here soon. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even a, on a nice Thursday. Going to play some golf. Yeah, that's true. People probably pop into the bar before they even tee off. Yeah. For one or two. You know what I mean? So, okay. um, yeah, it'll get it'll get busy here for sure. But I will slide out of the way before we even get to yeah. that. Joy commented on your shirt. She says she loves your shirt. What yeah. was your impression of the cat? So I meant to say this. We should kind of put a bow on this thing. You didn't even say how much money you stinking raised. I did. I did say 30000 Oh, all right. Well, we're going to put That's up okay. the number because it looks yeah, better. Yeah, I'm glad you, you did. The, I mean, the big check presentation. My impression of it was it, it's a sensory overload from a lot of different perspectives. Like you walk. I Listen, I pulled in. There are cars parked all over creation. I mean, this yeah. is in the middle of like a little business district type spot. Elation. There are yep. hundreds of cars everywhere. There are people, there's music, there's volleyballs flying all over the place. You're screaming into the microphone. The speakers are pointed at my ears. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not sure if I can handle this for this long, but it was a blast. I saw a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time, talked yeah. to a lot of people, networked with a lot of people. Um, it was it was a production. I was very impressed by just the depth of all of it. I mean, hundreds of volleyball players at like, what did you have? 25 teams, 24 teams, yeah. 24 teams who yeah. do a, two and a half hours of pool play before you get the final eight teams in. And it was wild. Uh, food trucks were awesome. It was, it was a good time. Um, but yes, it was a lot. It is a lot. There were raffles for the first time ever. They had the raffles, awesome um, which were, they were really good items. Really good. And I think people were really into them. I, I was in charge of pulling some of the tickets and yep. every single bucket was, was they pretty on full. I said to our buddy, Jeff, who was running the raffle state uh, table for a while. I said, you might have to get bigger buckets. These things are starting to like fall out of the buckets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It, it. When it's somebody's first experience, you don't really know what they have been told about it ahead of time has been really built up. And then does it somehow not live up to expectations? Um, this thing is everything and more. I'm amazed at these. Every time, what, what every that, time I saw someone, I said, this is my first cat. Like it was like a, this initiation, like every, every one of the Bernardo members of the family that I saw was like my yeah. first cat. And they were like, so fired up about it. So I felt, I felt like I had to tell everyone, Hey, this is my first cat. Like that. It was some sort of fun thing. So. I like that. I like that. Uh, I tell you what, you gotta be liking this 29 years old, never been called up. Forget like called up, didn't get in. Never been called up 600. to the major leagues. And 94 games in the minor leagues. Could, could you, you imagine? Could you do it? Could you no. could you just have that patience and persistence knowing it may never happen? Maybe because this is the difference is like you love baseball and, and ultimately you're getting to play baseball for a living, um, yeah. which is what you wanted to do. You didn't yet. You haven't made it yet to the bigs. Okay. I think you can be kind of good with 
okay, I made it to AAA. You always want to get there, but like still knowing that you're blessed to be able to play baseball for a living is probably a, a huge part of it. But you always want that chance. So for him to get it, even just this once, I said, you know what? Even if this is all he gets and he's up for a week or two, well, now that he had that game, I could be good. Forget it. I'm good forever because I yep. he was the number one story on Sports Center. He was the number one story in our sports cast. He was all all of Major League Baseball was talking about for one day. And that's more than most people can say. So this was Saturday night. I was at an event for Saratoga Bridges. You I'm texted you. me. You're not like I think the game might have already been over. And you said he had the game tying hit in the ninth and then the go ahead and eventual game winning hit in the 11th. Yeah. In his debut. I said, and he only came in because Tim Anderson got hurt. I know. Who knows? Who knows if he ever sees the field? And I, I don't even know who said Zach Remillard's name yet, but we should have. Zach Remillard yeah. from LaSalle, Cahoes, played for the Albany Dutchman, played at Coastal Carolina. Like, if Anderson doesn't get hurt, I, I don't know if Chicago forces him into the lineup mm-hmm. at all. But now you can't really keep him out of it. Here are the numbers through the first five games in which he has played. And he's had a couple of 0 for 4s, mm-hmm. um, but a 3 for 3. And two twice in four nights, he had the game-winning hit. Mm-hmm. One of which was rather controversial. But it goes down in the books as an RBI. But, but you're right. Uh, the, the runner at the plate was out. <laughs> no doubt. And it happened it again. Out. It happened again Wednesday night. That that rule is the worst thing that baseball has done. Yep. The catcher rule with no – listen, Jonah Heim was not in the way. He did his best to avoid the runner, came back and tagged him. It was all as it should have been. But, hey, Zach Remler is not going to complain. He just said, like, the umps make the calls. They put – we just play the game. Good job, Zach. Good thing – good right thing to say. You've been taught well. And after his three for three game tying and go ahead game winning hits, uh, post game at his locker, he was rocking a novice hat. How about that? Pretty cool. Uh, he played baseball with Garrett. I don't know if he played with Nick, but definitely played with Garrett at LaSalle. Okay. Um, so they yeah, know. And, him and this very is a guy well who, listen, you go to win a national championship yeah. at Coastal Carolina. When you do that, you probably think like, you know what? That's pretty good. I'm pretty good with my baseball career. I went to one of the top programs in the country. I won a national championship. We covered that. Um, And then he got to play a little bit of baseball at home with the Albany Dutchman. Like, okay. Then you get drafted. Like, this kid has had what many people would say is a dream of a career. Um, And now that you put that in a major league debut – I hope he gets a shot here and there, even if it's like up and down a little bit. I hope I hope he continues to be able to get chances. Um, it, your career is not going to go like your major league debut, and, right. and he knows that. But to be able to do it with his family in the stands, his wife was there, his parents. Like, I mean, it's it's a dream. They doused Amazing. him afterwards, threw sunflower yes. seeds on him, like <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, you want to check in on the AL East? Yeah, I just thought this was interesting because the the Yanks had lost four in a row before they've won back-to-back games against the Mariners. Slumping a little yep. bit. Judge, I, I'm not sure when he's coming back. It doesn't sound like it's soon. 
Uh, and they, the rest of the team is slumping so hard. Uh, it's like they, they're better off calling up AAA guys to see if they can hit better because Anthony Rizzo's been terrible. DJ LeMahieu's been bad. Glaber Torres has been gl- bad. Anthony Volpe's been their best hitter, and he's hitting 200 in the, in the month of June. Like, it has been a frightful sight for the New York Yankees. And I just think, like, look at these numbers. It's starting to get real crowded at the bottom of that, in the basement, what we would call the basement. There are two games separating third from fifth place. And not that the Rays Rays haven't run away with it, but, like, I mean, there's five, six games separating second and fifth. So that division's getting real interesting real quick. It's interesting that you see it as – because I see it as Tampa – and then everybody else who else right like so i know you're yeah. saying oh, it's crowded at the bottom to me it's i mean i'm, I'm looking at baltimore I, and new york and it's a four and a half game difference um but uh, outside of tampa winning this division which would you say at this point you think they definitely will do yeah yeah then any of these teams i i, mean, I, I don't i don't know the bo- second and fifth is yeah it's a a few wins in a row away from yeah, I don't know if Boston has staying power. I don't um, know, but they're starting to play a lot better. Yeah, and Nick is loving the Orioles, and, and we kind of saw this coming a little bit. They put, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that we thought they would win the division or maybe make the playoffs, but they oh. played really well down the stretch yeah, last okay. year. You but could playing, see it coming is what I'm saying. Playing well and being second in this division are two different things. Okay, what I didn't see coming was Cincinnati. Cincinnati's on a hot streak. In the the Rangers. League. And the Rangers uh, because, have the have the payroll, but I didn't really yeah. see the Rangers. I didn't believe in them. No, the, the minus Bochy Jacob Degrom too, one. even. Yeah, the Bochi move was a smart one. That that has changed the game a little bit there. Yeah. Sam points it out. Three weeks from opening day. Are you ready? Uh, Are you ready? No, I'm I'm ready for my three week vacation, a break. I need one of my weeks has already disappeared. It was a four week, like now it's yeah. down to three. What happened? Huh? What do you mean it disappeared? What happened to it? The week already has gone by. <laughs> the time is disappearing. I'm hoping to enjoy my three weeks before it's here, but uh, it'll happen faster than I hope. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm I'm ready, but I'm I'm no longer as deep into the thing as you. So I can say I am 100% ready to go for track season because more often than not, I just get to go as a spectator. And that's fun for me. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week on Honorado and Company.